Do you know how the neo-Nazi resurgence happened in the US? Do you know the difference between a neo-Nazi and a skinhead? All this and more on today's episode of My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. How are we doing, people? I'm Ollie. And I'm James. And we are your hosts of My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast, the podcast that takes the guesswork out of listening to podcasts. Now, James, what have you been up to since we spoke last? Well, I think like the rest of the world, Ols, um, I'm a little bit caught up in the Megxit debate at the <laughs> moment. Thanks, Oprah. <laughs> um, which is actually a little interesting because, uh, did you watch the interview, Oz? No, I've avoided it because I believe that it's a distraction tactic because there's something else going on. Well, it, it, it does <laughs> seem so blown out of proportion, right? Like literally every single media outlet feels like they're covering Meghan and Harry on Oprah and what is the Queen going to say? And- I just don't care. <laughs> I literally don't care. I got, yeah, I got, sw- I got swept up in it a little bit, to be honest. And um, the other night, Carl Stefanovic was on some like 10.30 expose on The Crown. And he decided to jump online and say, oh, isn't it interesting how Megan, uh, Megan, or however you want to pronounce it, has taken no responsibility for the reason why her and Harry left. It's everyone else's fault. And I just was like, oh, sounds like a good story for the locus of control. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good story. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to, though? If you haven't been watching like everything that's happening with the Royals, what have you been up to? Uh, I have been busy developing some online positive psychology modules and looking after fur babies that I fostered. Now, I did see one of your fur babies in the toilet the other day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Frankie is a little bit feral and has taken to drinking out of the toilet, which now means that I can't put anything in the toilet because I'm paranoid that she will drink it and get poisoned. So, Oh, like like um, like the duck thing. Oh, yeah. You need those things. Okay, yep. So other than that, I have been listening to podcasts back to back as always. And James, this week we were reviewing another Motive podcast, this time season three, all about the resurgence of white supremacy in the United States. If our listeners are just tuning in this week, you might remember Motive from WBEZ, Chicago, that we um, reviewed season one, Mm -hmm. uh, a few episodes back now, I'll say. And this podcast just took a total different turn and a real different look at, yeah, the is this a theme we're starting to see? Is this motive like the like – how would you describe what their intention is always with motive? I think they're a really strong investigative journalist house, and mm. this time it was uh, hosted by Odette Yusa, and she also mm. did a great job, as did Frank Main, in exposing some of the underbelly that I think sometimes we don't understand. I certainly didn't understand how white supremacy was resurging again in the United States. So, again – a very educational podcast and I feel as if I would be in a much stronger position to have a conversation with somebody who held some of these racist views having listened to Motive Season 3. Yeah, and I think what it did really nicely was pick together all these things I've noticed in social media and in the news over the last five, ten years and kind of make the link 
And I was like, ooh, okay, so that builds on that. And, oh, that's because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, I'm really keen to discuss uh, why you liked Motive today and put the, put the call out to our listeners that this is a podcast that you need to get around. Yeah. Even though I learn a lot, I'm still of the opinion that some of these racist views are completely unfounded and oh, totally. so embedded in a fear culture and a super hypocritical. And James, why don't you explain to our listeners why some of these views are so hypocritical? Uh, because you have people of mixed blood nationalities, <laughs> people whose parents were immigrants moving to the US that are now denouncing all immigrants and saying yes. that they're trying to bring down the white race. Yeah. And so how, how can an, a, pers a person of Italian descent turn around and then say that only white people in America uh, are the best? And it just blows my mind because obviously they've got so many different views on if, if you're Jewish, that's one thing, but if you're of color, so if you're Mexican or black, that's that's a whole other thing in and of itself. But all of those three people from their eyes are evil. Mm -hmm. And I'm then thinking, mm, there's some pretty white Jewish people. Like, so <laughs> where does, does it, do they think that they're evil or do they just believe that they are a lower race? Well, I think there's two parts to it. So I think definitely what came across really strongly in the podcast is that the Jewish people are viewed from these white supremacists as people that would disrupt their norm and put them out of power and that the Jewish people all work together. It was this big Jewspiracy thing, right? So we're going to, um, they're, they're trying to put all businesses out by keeping things in the fold and only doing business with other Jews. So that was part of it. So they're almost read Hitler's manifesto and mm -hmm. they did. Were, yeah. Basically pushing that. And then, I think the second part to it is that they don't believe that people of color are of the same or on the same level as they are. And so whether or not I've kind of interpreted that wrong and the Jewish people fit into the latter as well. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, but it definitely felt like those two things were in stark contrast. It's quite, it's, it's an icky podcast, isn't it? Yeah. It's really difficult to listen to, particularly because they are interviewing people who have been instrumental in white supremacy gaining a foothold and having so many followers yet they have now repented and they feel incredibly ashamed and embarrassed about their behavior and James how did you feel listening to for example Christian's examples of the things that he did when he was a teenager compared to him now talking on the podcast so just to highlight for our listeners uh Kristen Picciolini is a consultant who's been brought into the podcast by WBEZ and he is a former neo-nazi and I felt that throughout the whole podcast, all eight episodes, you were constantly sitting there thinking, yeah, well, it's great to be able to listen to this, but still think about all the evil that you did. Mm -hmm. Like think about, and I'm not, I'm not equating his level of evil to Hitler's, but imagine if you had the opportunity for like to sit down with someone like Hitler after they'd done all these horrible things and then turn around and say, this is why I did it. And I totally see what it was wrong about it now. And yeah, so it was very conflicting listening to someone who, you know, had been out there pushing a really horrible agenda. Well, I need to need okay. to let our listeners know that back when this all started, we're talking about organized racial hate groups through PO box. Yes. <laughs> newsletters, <laughs> rallies, no social media. No, before social media, they were literally sending letters and 
crossword puzzles. You remember the old cassette tapes? They would <laughs> they would buy this music. And I was really shocked to find out that a lot of this music came from the UK and they would mm. listen to these hate-filled songs and then copy them on cassette tapes and then distribute them to their followers. And it's really quite fascinating, James, because I saw in the news recently that Gen Y and Gen X are having a bit of a row over the Rihanna and Eminem song. I what's it called? I hate the way you love me. Uh love the way you lie. I that's think that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. And one generation is saying that this song should be banned because this is why they think that men treat women so badly because they grew up on these kind of lyrics. And then you've got other generations saying, this is cancel culture. You can't cancel Eminem. And it's so fascinating to hear. I can't tell hear. you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. But now still not in my wimp. Oh, man, I've got that. that is a song I grew up on. So that, that's really confronting. But isn't, isn't this weird, this whole cancel culture? Because, well, this week, Dr. Seuss is getting cancelled too. And mm-hmm. so is Pepe Le Pew. Um, and I, I, I read this uh, post that came up the other day saying, oh, yeah, that's fine. Cancel Pepe Le Pew uh, from, you know, the Looney Tunes or whoever it was. Uh, well, my son just goes off and plays Grand Theft Auto where he lights a hooker on fire and then drive, r- runs her over with his car. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what? So, yeah, this, this, this cancel culture is so interesting. But speaking about this, this Rihanna and Eminem song, I think music is very powerful, right? And we we do we we form relationships with with artists, even th- that we that we don't know, and the lyrics that they have. And this podcast really identified how artists in the punk rock scene or the skinhead mm-hmm. music Maybe, scene, yeah. and the lyrics that they wrote were instrumental yeah. in pushing this white supremacist agenda. But you can imagine these angsty teenagers sitting on the bus and they've got so much hate for their teachers and their parents and they're super hormonal and they're listening to these hate-filled lyrics, mm. getting themselves all fired up around what they can do about it. And I said to you earlier, James, it feels so cult-like that people will join these groups that are just full of fear and angst and anger and it's just an outlet for them to then spread violence and Mm. participate in really quite atrocious activities. I mean, he was talking about a lot of the bars in Chicago would ban these groups of people because they had just come for a fight. That's all they wanted was violence. They'd be looking at someone to look at them the wrong way or to be wearing the wrong bit of clothing. And you'd have people walking into bars looking for fights, just one, one on one on however many was going to be in there. Like, Knowing that I'm different tonight, I'm walking into a bar where there's going to be everyone against me and I'm up for that, you know, bring it on. So I can't stress how important it is for people to listen to this podcast to get an understanding of the undertone of this white supremacist conversation that we see in 2021. How did it all start? Because at one stage they were saying that the KKK was dead, like Mm -hmm. there was... It, it wasn't working anymore. There was a point where it was actually going to like fizzle out. And this podcast really illuminates who and how the flame was rekindled and then fanned until it just- Thanks, Donald Trump. Well, exactly, right? He's <laughs> part of the fuel uh, on the fire. You get a really good insight into exactly how this once nearly extinguished racist agenda was given new life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, WBZ's done a really good job of bringing that to life. Yeah, and they talk to 
the episode where Oprah Winfrey interviews some of these white supremacists. And again, Oprah Winfrey causing controversy all over the world. There you by... go, Oprah. I, I, I'm actually a really big fan of Oprah. Like, I, oh, I, I, I love really... Oprah. Yeah, I think she's I think she's fantastic. I'm not sure that giving these white supremacists a platform on her show. I think she had the right intentions, but it came it just didn't land the way that she wanted it to because I've actually seen this episode on YouTube, Ollie. Have you? Mm. Oh, I should have gone and watched it. I'd seen it before we listened to this podcast. Oh, really? It had come up. I, I don't know. My my um, Instagram algorithm <laughs> is so interesting, <laughs> the stuff that pops up on my feed because, but yeah, this had popped up at one stage and I don't think – as, as good as intentions were, bringing them on and basically wanting to make them look like idiots, I think she gave them a platform mm-hmm. and didn't quite get her point across. And it was organized. They had people in the audience sitting there doing hand gestures, hand gestures at each other to keep this movement alive and to get people on board. And But they were openly referring to people of color as monkeys. And this is the stuff that's really hard to listen to. This podcast does contain some quite extreme language and there are loads and loads of disclaimers and I think Odit Yusa and the team at WBEZ did a really good job of making sure that we hear how brutal and cutting and disgusting the language really is but in the beginning of each episode letting you know just what you will hear so that if you're not wanting to listen to it, yeah. you can you can switch off. So yeah, they did. A, they, were, they were really sensitive. I think they don't bleep any of the language, so you no. will hear a lot of racist language, and it is really hard to listen to because I'm really thankful that in today's day and age, particularly in my circle of friends, that language is not acceptable, and I don't hear it every day. So listening to it on a podcast is quite confronting. However, I believe that not being racist is not enough. We have to be anti-racist you have to be proactively against people who show racist tendencies because it's just not okay this journey holds with the podcast that we've been listening to has been so educational and so enlightening for me even as a person of mixed race myself i probably had no idea about the fact that this stuff happened in other parts of the world and it saddens me a little bit to know that i'm i've been a bit ignorant in this space and probably haven't been as much of a champion for the movement or resistance against this kind of stuff as I could have been. I think we've just been really fortunate and we should be really grateful that we haven't been exposed to the level of hate and our lives being made more difficult by the colour of our skin. So in that sense, I definitely think there's a debt that we need to pay because if you're not opposed to this movement, then you are part of the movement. You have to be not only not racist, you have to be actively, and we've said this before, I think in the 1619 episode about being an active participant in standing up against racism and Mm. things like white supremacy, because I find these white supremacists absolutely terrifying, James. They have guns. They do. And it's it's almost like they take like a little bit of information and they run with it. And it's, it's, as you mentioned earlier, Ollie, like a cult, because- Mm -hmm. They pick and choose the information that they heavily believe in. They totally block off anything that could challenge their current worldview. And you, you can play on people like this. So you had these these organizers of this white supremacist movement, and they, they bring to life lots of things like the Confederate flag. Oh, and God. just what is, what is the Confederate flag? Oh, it's, it's old American. No, from former neo-Nazis' opinions, the Confederate flag is just the SWAT sticker with different paint and different yeah. symbols. Like it, it has the same meaning. So 
you'll get a real big education into this stuff. And I think it then gives you, as you mentioned before, the opportunity to challenge more effectively. Because if you know that the background to where this came from and where that came from and why those lyrics mean certain things to certain groups of people, but you, but we, we now have an understanding from like inside or behind the, the curtain. Yeah. We, I think we can have a much more healthy debate around why those views are so unhelpful. For me, this is one of the fundamental things that is wrong with the world that we place different value on the lives of different beings. So whether that is somebody who's got white skin, somebody who's got black skin, but you know, James, I also apply this to the animal world as well. That for me, a dog is the same as a cow and a cow is the same as a guinea pig because all sentient beings have the rights, I believe, to have a safe and free life. And that just isn't true. The fact that people hold this view that they are better than somebody else. Mm -hmm. How do you even begin to challenge that view? Because the reason they hold on to it based on this podcast, it's fear. They are Mm -hmm. scared that if they don't suppress them, they will rise up and then potentially suppress them. So it's all driven by fear tactics. Yep. And and, and sadly, history shows that that has happened time and time Mm -hmm. and time again. There's an opportunity when you're uh, listening to this podcast to get really sad that this is just Mm. the way that the world is. There were some breakthrough moments. I know when one of the white supremacists had traveled to Germany, because Mm -hmm. believe it or not, Germany still has quite a strong white supremacy following. And he was at a rave or concert whatever you want to call it where they're just listening to this hate-filled music getting themselves all really fired up (laughs) that's it (laughs) james that's a really good impression of the kind of music i was thinking as i listened to it man you don't even have to be a good singer to to be good at this (laughs) music i could just like yell at people random stuff and i could get a mass following they just stood Um, up on stage and shouted hateful speech and everybody got really fired up and then it wasn't until they left the gig and then started just vandalizing the town where they were in that this particular neo-nazi white supremacist had a bit of a breakthrough and thought this is mental you've just been singing about being patriots of your own country and how your race is better than anybody else's race yet you've just piled out into the street and started vandalizing your own people's property and isn't this exactly what we just saw on january the 6th james when the insurgents came from within these people are lunatics don't know if they're all wearing like wolf head (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> attire but um, animal skins and animal horns. skins and horns and whatnot but yeah as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast from an education piece as well you do get an understanding that there is a massive difference between a skinhead and a neo-nazi and skinheads could be multiracial originally yeah they like they could be and I, I i will be honest i probably didn't think like that no before listening to this podcast so it really did open my eyes to the fact that you know the punk culture and the skinhead culture those are just mm-hmm. fashion trends and you know groups of people much like gothics and, and whatnot gothics well, no 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 goths. But, yeah, goths or what you know goths or emos or whatever it might be but where it becomes different obviously is that a sect of them split away and decided that they were gonna push far more hateful agenda and it just 
caught on. Now, one one gentleman who was instrumental in doing this was called Clark Martel, and he is, by all accounts, through this podcast, investigated heavily. I think Odette Yusa drops bits of information through the podcast about Clark Martel so skillfully that it carries on through each episode where you're getting sprinkles about who this man is and how he was one of the forefathers of the white supremacy resurgence. And he's actually the person who recruited the consultant on this podcast, Christian Picciolini. And one of the themes that I think is quite confronting and will make everyone think is just how susceptible teenage people are to influence and at that age, at 17, 18, depending on what background you've come from, if you've got any kind of trouble in your life or um, even if you don't, how someone with a cause and the right kind of words. And they, they referred, they compared this gentleman to Goebbels. Like he mm-hmm. was a great marketer or propagandist and that he was out there recruiting a specific age group, a specific demographic and recruiting them using fear. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that was like the one of the Was he the guy that walked up to the guy that was smoking a spliff in the mm-hmm. alleyway and pulled out his mouth and said, This is what the communists and the Jews want you to be is dumbed down yep. and stoned out your face. Come and yep. join a real movement. That's it. And and this is how he was this is how he was doing it, right? He was he was out there on the ground recruiting people, uh bringing them into his fold. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. yeah. Like bringing them under his arm and and teaching them his hateful racist ways. And I am genuinely scared for the future of America right now because just what I'm seeing on Twitter and how brainwashed some of the Republican ideology is and how nobody wanted to vote for the relief bill and people still think Trump won the election despite being really pleased that Biden won the election, I'm still really scared. If somebody said tomorrow, do you want to go to the the States if there was no COVID? I would say no, because I am genuinely concerned for their future. I think think one of the things that the podcast highlighted, and we get to see quite a few reformed neo-Nazis and white supremacists in this podcast, one of them specifically near the end of the podcast that we speak to, he actually went off and went to night school to learn about black civil rights and because you don't learn about it at school no he went off to educate himself about it and i think he was really surprised by how the black people in america had been treated generation upon generation but even hearing his transformation i was still genuinely worried because he had almost solution is shaky yeah his solution was well (laughs) i've got a gun and so what I'll do is I'll just go down to the, all the pro- protests and if the- All the Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah, and if the police look like they're taking the piss, then I'll just shoot them. Yeah. That was literally his solution. And he was telling us that there were hundreds of other people like him up on the hill observing. They were, they were pro-protest, so they were there to support the people and the cause. But their strategy was standing on the hill with their guns, ready to attack the police. And so I I think that's where where you speak about the potential civil war. I don't want somebody who's not trained, who's previously had really extreme ideologies, pointing a gun anywhere near me. I'm sorry. I don't want your protection. When people talk about their rights to own guns, I think we've talked about this before, that amendment was written when guns took quite a long time to load now we're talking about people with Mm semi-automatic weapons Mm -hmm. stood on a hill trying to protect you and i don't want that i don't want to live in a world where people feel like that's the best solution what i always wonder and what i always reflect on 
is that with any kind of solution, there is always some hideous underbelly to that solution or some, you know, some dark side to it. And God, how depressing, James. Well, no, no, but this is it, right? With any kind of technology or AI, there's always going to be something that we need to consider as a negative outcome to that particular solution, right? The atom bomb, even technology these days, it's made our life way easier, but what are all the things that we now have to be you know, concerned about, like eyesight and whatnot? So if the gun is the solution... I also see the gun as the problem. So, oh, <laughs> like, for sure. It's like, I hate that saying when people say the only way to stop a bad man with a gun is a good man with a gun. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Let me get out there with my powerful words and see if I <laughs> can. Yeah. Inf- I'm going to ask him some really challenging questions and see how that I goes. I think these people just need a hug. <laughs> So, James, having listened to Motive Season 3, mm. what would be your final thought for our listeners? I would say to anyone who has children, is wanting children, or can influence positively children in their lives, that we need to be really, really aware that especially teenage children are looking for a cause. They're looking for something to believe meaning. in. They're looking for meaning. and. If, they want to belong. If we're not there to guide them towards helpful things to believe in or things that give them meaning and purpose, sadly, there are people out there who can and will influence them to do and believe in some pretty atrocious things. So yeah. my call to arms is just that people are really mindful of that and start thinking about what you could do to make sure that you're a positive influence on creating meaning, purpose, and something to believe in for impressionable teenagers in your life and i'm confident james that you and jenna will be incredibly loving parents and your children will very much feel like they belong and with an auntie like you i they're gonna you know they, uh, they're gonna uh, auntie ollie will always be there trying to be a positive influence in their life i won't have any angsty teenagers in my life come on let's go down the pub have a drink let's talk about what's on so your tell mind. me feelings yeah, yeah yeah no i love it so a massive thank you to Odette Yusa and the whole team at WBEZ Chicago for bringing together season three of Motive. James and I absolutely loved it. Now, I was, at this point, I'm always curious, what else has been happening in Ollie's Good Ear? Well, I found me a new podcast to listen to all about murder. You know, I love a good discussion. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> and this one is two sisters in America. They're called... Sadie and Courtney Ack and their podcast is called They Will Kill and they are such wonderful human beings James I can't they really remind me of Ashley Flowers and Brit from Crime Junkie they have a wicked dynamic between them and it's very conversational and they really express their feelings throughout the podcast and they talk about their own lives and you really get to feel like you know them. And I've just been loving listening to all their podcasts. And they have this really awesome segment at the end of each of their podcasts where people write in with unusual names that people have, yeah. you know, like Bart Simpson used to use in the Simpsons episodes when he was on the phone. So people Amanda who, Huggins. Exactly. And Pat Mycock and all these <laughs> kinds of names are brought up as... Mike Hunt. Uh, yeah, yeah, God, James. They haven't covered that one yet, but uh, maybe they will. I know it sounds weird because they are talk- talking about murder, but it's a really nice palate cleanser, and I love it when they open the show and they go, hello, world, and I'm like, hi. Like, they're just, they're super. I love cool. listening to their episodes. So some new friends in your life. New friends. So 
to all our listeners, check out They Will Kill if you want something along the lines of, you know, Crime Junkie or Case File. My favourite murder. My favourite murder. All those kinds of conversational discussions because... So many people love listening to true crime. I mean, it probably says more about us than it does about <laughs> anyone else. But yeah, they're, they're super. I love them. Oh, good. And what have you got for us this week, Oz? What is, what's the podcast of the week for us? Well, James, you know how I usually read the title out and you guess mm. it would be a total giveaway because the answer's in the title. Okay. So instead, I'm going to test your memory. Okay. And cast your mind back to when we interviewed Rob Murphy, who did No Strings Attached mm-hmm. podcast and he had also been listening to this podcast and I jumped in and said I love it I love it because I'd already listened as well that is going to be this week's recommendation now can you remember what was Rob Murphy's recommendation oh you're really testing me now Oz um he recommended a few to be yeah fair, but this one I had also listened to I feel like this one was a UK based podcast mm-hmm BBC Radio 5 Live. Mm. Is it about aliens? Oh, God. No, I don't, I don't know. No, sorry. No, nothing's coming to mind. I'll give you the subtitle and see if you can guess what it's about. All right, about. Hit me. The subtitle is The Battle of Rave. Oh, is it about drugs um, in the UK? Ecstasy. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's called Ecstasy. 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 Yeah. And there's only... All right, no, that's, there's only- that's, um, that's Chris Lilly. I don't know if you you know the comedian from Australia. Anyway, no. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> uh, so there's only six episodes. There are in-between addendums where they tell semi-fictional stories from people who would have been DJs at the time or people who were part of the drug movement mm. and rave movement at the time. It's based in the UK, obviously, and it talks about how um, Manchester and Liverpool were instrumental in this rave craze, if you like. And it's just a super interesting listen, James. So well made, really fun and really educational. Interesting. And so based on ecstasy culture in the UK? Based on the rave culture and how ecstasy really took off and changed the scene and how it's changed over the years mm. and like I said, there's only six episodes, but if you listen to the addendums as well, it'll bump it up to about 12. Yep. I highly recommend you listen to the addendums. They're not called addendums. They're called like mini stories, but they really add a lot of depth and color to describing from individuals' perspectives what it was like to be in the rave scene, whether you were a drug dealer or a drug producer or a raver or you're a friend of somebody who died from taking drugs. Yeah. Super interesting. I'll be really interested to to see if there's any kind of correlation between the UK drug culture and the New Zealand drug culture. Because I, yeah. I vividly remember when ecstasy kind of became like on the scene in my sort of teenage years, if that makes sense, when yeah. people were talking about, you know, certain Mercedes pills, or like, you know, the different, these kind of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then all this legal, legal kind of um, charge pills that they used to sort of release that were like, the equivalent of but like a couple of um, molecules different so they could oh, legally wow. sell them over the counter and they'd kind of keep Gosh. your eyes like this and your teeth grinding all night so you can attend <laughs> the raves um you know uh, yeah it's so interesting I'm, I'm really keen to um to, to hear hear it so uh for, for our listeners who are joining me this week we are going to be listening to 
Ecstasy by BBC Radio 5 Live. The Battle of Rave. Nice. All right, cool. Well, lock that in, load it, subscribe it, and listen to it with me this week, and we'll be back to review it on next week's podcast. A huge thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to this episode of My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast Reviewing Motive Season 3 by WBEZ Chicago. And I will never get bored of saying WBEZ Chicago. WBEZ Chicago. As always, if you want to stay in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. So you can do so on all of our socials. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Or if you'd like to, you can write us an email as well at myfriendhasnever at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners and it really does help us stay connected. We want to know what your favorite episodes are. Any suggestions. Any suggestions for us. Or if you've got any questions for Ollie and myself. Also, please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. A huge thank you to our editor, Jeff May, for making James and I sound like we know what we're talking about. (laughs) And as always, a massive thank you to MJ from Multidesign for our theme music. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you on the other side. I'll talk to you on the other side, buddy. (laughs) 